We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to this AFL Life. I am your host, Alison Smanoff, and it's a skeleton crew this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Susan Cadman. How are you going, mate? Oh, good. Thanks. Absolute B team here. Just, uh, just the two of us. But you know, we'll we'll soldier on, Alison, and we'll we'll see how we go. <laughs> well, it's lovely to see you on this Wednesday evening. Um, can you believe we're heading into round nine of the AFLW season? Yeah, it's um, it's been an absolute whirlwind, and we're really, um, you know, that that top eight starting to really shape up, um, but also just feel like some teams are really hitting their groove right now, um, mm. starting to hit that form that you want going into finals. So it's always the most exciting time, I think, when you get to the back end of the season and you start talking finals. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um. Double header at Icon Park on Saturday. You were a little worse for wear, but you came <laughs> good in the sun. <laughs> of course, you're going to bring this up. Yes, um, as a result of uh, um, just one or two too many drinks on Friday evening, I was really under the weather at this age. I forget what it. I should. Um, what it takes to get through an evening, but <laughs> I soldiered on. Didn't want to miss the double header, the Pride double header. I'm watching. Um, I wanted to see the Bombers play, so poor Allison was stuck waiting for me. I managed to literally crawl into Archon Park by quarter time. Like it was a, an actual crawl. Someone thrust a can of Coke in my hands, and I went and sat in the sun. And it was actually pretty miraculous. I was absolutely fine by the end of the game. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, you know, that's the perfect maybe that's the perfect recipe for a hangover. AFLW, a can of Coke and some sunshine. Yeah, what a what a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should give it a go next yeah. time you have a hangover. Um, but gee, I am I'm glad I made it. What a like what an absolute beautiful day that was. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, and that first game was a cracker. Yeah. The Swannies yeah. turned up. Swanee suddenly flicked a switch that, um, I don't know, was it, again, the perfect recipe or the perfect mix on the field and um, took the opportunity on and they took the game on, really. It was such a good game. It, really, it was really enjoyable. Um, it's always nice. Like the Bombers bring in a pretty decent crowd, so yeah, there was lots of cheering. But there was a fair few Swanee supporters there sort of um, as well. So um, some nice big. Big long goals and um, you know some fast footy and some big tackles. I thought, um, yeah, I think um, there's a bit of a uh, controversial decision at the end of the game, mm. um, which oh, you can't help but feel sorry for the Swannies searching for their first win. <laughs> um, yeah. Whether that might have sealed might have sealed it for them. I mean, who, you never know, do you? But um, unfortunately, when we don't have the same investment in the women's as the men's. We don't get to have the the replays and the decisions reviewed, and that's just footy. It's just like when we kick the footy down at the park, down at AH Cap. So yeah, yeah. 
did you enjoy it the day because I mean you went to you went on Saturday and Friday night you did you oh, sleep over at Icon Park pretty or? much <laughs> um yeah no, well Friday night was I mean geez cracking start by the blues on Friday night um yeah it was very entertaining first quarter um Richmond yeah they just kind of clawed their way back into the game and Monconti was off the leash but very yeah really very entertaining game and love pride round um but I, I kind of have to say I think there was a slightly I feel like there was a slightly bigger crowd for the Essendon Swans game on Saturday I mean and it's probably just as much to do with you know the Friday night game being at six o'clock but um <laughs> a very difficult time for people to get to <laughs> but yeah just uh took in three games at Icon over the weekend it was great yeah it's sort of nice having them all lined up, I think. Um, and I think upon reflection, actually, every single pride jumper I saw in the flesh with those two games, I loved them all. So, you know, I take back everything I said from last week. <laughs> as soon as you see me in the flesh, you just have to love the pride jumpers. But still, I think, as we've talked about last week, do think that the ones that are a bit more like out there, a bit more pridey, Yes. are the better ones. Yeah, so sometimes sure. when you're at the game, it's quite, it's almost impossible to tell the difference. Yeah, it's interesting actually because, um, well, before I say anything, we didn't get too much backlash about our. Oh, <laughs> lovely. You were worried. Our, our pride critique uh, last week. So thank you. I hope it was entertaining. But <laughs> it was actually interesting because I was a big fan of the Swans jumper, but actually at the ground it didn't really it didn't stand yeah. out very much. Yeah. Um, and neither, I mean, neither did Essendon's either. But no. the next it's game, Geelong's one. looked awesome. Yep. Yep. I agree. Geelong's were the pick of the four for me yep. from that, from the day um, in the flesh, of course. Mm. Um, just the brightness and the vividness, and it really stood out. Um, yeah. It was really, it was really good. I agree. Geelong, mm. we do love Geelong Pride merch as we talked about yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but the other one was the bulldogs I mean I didn't go up to Ballarat mm. obviously but actually just watching it on the tv and seeing um that jumper yeah live was it just looked amazing it, I just I actually want them to keep it as the clash yeah jumper like yeah it looks awesome yeah I agree it looks, it looks so good and it look unlike it any other jump like nothing like any other jumper with the colors and the scheme so again like good on the bulldogs for taking that huge like it's a pretty huge message that that jumper holds so mm. um yeah it looked it looked great on telly yeah um so on the weekend i think there were some some like pretty interesting results i just i didn't unfortunately didn't get to watch the lions cruise game but pretty uh, significant win, should we say, by the Lions against the Crows, who have a pretty notorious rivalry. Is mm. it pretty closely matched? Um, that could come very handy uh, when we come to finals and the final ladder, I suppose. Um, and same with the Demons having a huge win over the Suns. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> bit of a percentage booster for them. Um, the one that I do want to talk about was the bloody Giants-Hawks game. So <laughs> I was messaging Alison. I was watching the game kind of in the background while I was doing, you know, Sunday chores. Um, 
and it was a bit of a shocker. Bloody hell, the Giants kicked so many points, like four goals, ten. It's like they're so, as someone who's loved the Giants from the start, they're just such a freaking hard team to support. Um, I don't know. They're just overusing the footy. I think they're just overhandballing the football. And they did interview Coach Cam, um, I think, at one of the breaks, and he said that they were really happy with the result of, you know, they had an extra 40 possessions or something. And that's a stat that they were really pleased with. But I just I just don't think it's working for them. I don't mm. think they maybe have the list to have to execute that style of play like with because it just meant they cough up the footy a lot when they don't need to like if they just move yeah. football in a much simpler way and they're so reliant on Elise Parker she had another 30 possession game mm. it was unbelievable um Cora Staunton kept getting the footy but kept missing in the forward line so she was having a bad day again relying on the same people and when they're not you know like Cora wasn't quite performing mm. um but kudos to the Hawks like they just really stuck there and they just didn't give up at all and really, really, really thought they were going to sneak that win. And I think they did too. I really, I think the Giants got away with it rather than winning it. Um, they, even all they had to do in the last, I think there was like two minutes, they just had to kick a point because it was a draw. And mm. the Hawks were so good at the pressure and pressure. And like it was in the Giants 50, but they just wouldn't let them, you know, yeah. have a, even have a kick. Um it took Nick Barr kind of running through and just like putting it on a leg and getting that point to get it through. But I think Giants really got away with a win there. Um, yeah. I think Hawks would be a bit disappointed, um, all things considered. But, um, yeah, it's it was just, uh, yes, frustrating, I suppose, is the word for it, which, you know, I know, Al, you talked about that's how you feel watching Carlton all the time. <laughs> and I think it's the same, similar issues at Carlton. It's overusing the yeah. football or maybe not having the confidence to make particular decisions. But, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I really thought the Carlton and Giants are in different places, but maybe they're about the same. And I, I guess the latter kind of indicates that. Mm, yeah. Kind of feel like Carlton is a, like, I mean, form-wise they've been, they've been a bit similar and they are kind of both tending to over-possess the ball. Mm. I kind of feel like Carlton's quite a young team. Yeah. So over time, you know, that style of game may improve. But the Giants, if you're trying to play a high possession game, you just give the op- opposition like more looks at it. Yeah, exactly. And if, you know, Hawthorne are a high pressure team. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's never like high possession games is just never going to work. Yeah, I agree. Especially if you don't have the skill execution, like North Melbourne and Melbourne, you yeah. know they can they can play a high possession game because they've got That's the right. skill to keep it off the opposition. But but yeah. I just don't think teams like the Giants or the Blues are at that level yet. Yeah, I think like it's so easy for us to say this on the outside looking in, isn't yeah. it? As always, but yeah. it feels like some of the game plans to some of those kind of teams, maybe with the lower skilled teams should be a bit different or something. I don't know. Um, because I agree when you watch those teams that play that high possession footy, they fuck, they nail every kick, you know, they, the big sweeping handballs to release, you know, rather than the handballing at half a meter just to, you know, then 
just coughing the ball up. It's just really beautiful to watch. Like it's a great style of football, but you've got to be able to, your your disposal efficiency has got to be really high. Mm. Everybody in the team that is, it can't be a handful, you know, it can't be five to 10 people. It's got to be the whole lot on the field. Um, You mentioned also Melbourne's result. I just want to give a special shout out to 50 gamer Daisy Pierce. Um, I feel like there was a real celebration of Daisy during the week and just um, warmed my heart and the vision of uh, Sylvie and Roy uh, running out with her and then getting chaired off the ground with her. I just, yeah, it's, um, was really, it was really beautiful scenes. Yeah. It was really nice as, um, I hope she felt the love from across the football universe. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. That vision of the two little kitties coming on the ground and um, oh, I just think I just think about all the mums that play AFLW. Mm. I know, and there's quite a few. Mm. Um, I know Wakefield, there was a little, um, Richmond had a little feature on Wakefield this week as well. And I just think like these mums are incredible, you know, like oh we God. have to give up to play AFLW for yourself, like just, you know, um, it's such a commitment. And when you have little kids that like other tiny humans that rely on you as well, I think that it just makes it all the more incredible. And I think, yeah, it's just really nice to acknowledge Daisy as a footballer, as a AFL expert, as a commentator, as a, but also as a mother and as a partner. Um, mm. Yeah. Beautiful, heartwarming. Love oh, it. You know me. <laughs> Love kids. I just think like, but even um, like Jess Duffin announced during the week she mm. was going to retire, which is such a shame because she actually stood out so much in that Hawthorne Giants game. Like the Giants, she was running right in the start of the game. Mm. The Giants had to really shut her down. Um, so she's still matching it with the best, but um, sort of feels like she's made the decision to, to give it away to, to spend some time, more time with her family, which is – I mean, she's been playing cricket and footy for a long time, so you get to a point where you need to prioritise other things. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think maybe it's just, I've just been – maybe it's a mix of a few different things in the media and stuff like that, and it's just nice to – because we often talk about the young ones and all of that kind of stuff, but I think the older players with, like, the commitment and the investment mm. is pretty – bloody huge from them um yeah it's not just them it's the whole family that has to give things up yes oh 100 um gonna take a little segue here and just have a little chat about the ladder as it stands currently heading into round nine the top eight are brisbane melbourne collingwood adelaide geelong richmond kangaroos bulldogs now, Kangaroos and Bulldogs are on 20 points and just outside the eight and in ninth position are the Gold Coast Suns on 16 points. And then from there, the other teams, the next four teams are on 12 points. Look, mathematically could reach the eight, but it's highly unlikely given percentage and the fact that there's only two games left. But interestingly... The Gold Coast on 16 points, percentage isn't great. It's 80.5, but they play Carlton up on the Gold Coast and then they play GWS in Sydney. 
So you would say that they're both pretty winnable games, perhaps. Then you've got the Bulldogs who are in eighth and they have to go over to Perth to play West Coast. And then they also play Carlton at Icon, which is an away game, but they have been playing at Icon all season because Witten's been unavailable. So maybe it's kind of a home game. <laughs> um, and then North Melbourne also have got Collingwood at Victoria Park and then Richmond at home, their home at Arden Street. So, I mean, I can't necessarily see the top eight changing but of those two, Bulldogs and North, if they had to drop out, which one do you think it would be? And also, mind you, North Melbourne's percentage is pretty healthy, 168.4 versus the Bulldogs, 97.5. Yeah. Um, so the Suns are going to have to have two pretty big wins, um, which I don't see them have, necessarily see them having. Can I just say, though, who would have picked the Suns to be – Fighting for the eight at the start of yeah. the season. I don't. I absolutely would no. not have picked that. Like not, not even. They weren't even. So just want to call that out. Like mm-hmm. a couple of sneaky little teams have just been sneaking their way up the ladder. Another one is Collingwood. Didn't even yes. realize they were third. third. I know. It's quietly been just racking up the wins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which makes this week's Collingwood North game particularly interesting because yes. North probably really need the win and I think Collingwood would really want to have the win to try and lock in that top two. So yeah. Both in great form, possibly the game in the rounds. Um I mean I think uh I hate to say it. I mean I just feel like North really deserved to be in the finals this year. Mm. If one's if there was one to drop out out of North and Bulldogs, even though I don't think they will. Possibly the Bulldogs because they've just been a bit up and down. Whereas I feel like North is one of those teams that have kind of clicked this year um, after of quite a few years of doing the hard yards. It's sort of really nice to see them doing well. And they've, like you said, a really healthy percentage. They're really scoring a lot as well. Mm, mm. What about you? Yeah, look, I think it's look, I think it's set. But um, yeah, like you said, like I did, I did not pick Gold Coast to be, you know pushing for the top eight at all. But then again, I didn't expect Geelong to be fifth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Richmond to be. Oh, actually, yeah. no, Richmond, I was, I kind of feel, felt like they were on the up, but but Geelong have really impressed me. Who do you think the team, do you think Geelong are the team that has really, what's the word, like exceeded your expectations the most? Not just like ladder position, but just general, you know, so far, like we 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 can talk again at the end end of the season, but at the moment, yeah, at this no, point. I think right now they're yeah they're kind of like the feel good story. Like they've just really yeah they've surprised me. Yeah, they're just really well structured. Like Meg Mac is a brick wall down there, and just, oh. she just has every, like she just has them humming in in defence. Yeah. Um. Plus, you think about like how dominant. Chloe Shear's been. They just they've picked up some really, really good experienced players over the last couple of seasons. And you know, you throw in like Shelley Scott, who is like, I mean, they started playing her in defense for crying out loud. Like she's yeah. such a good forward. Like she's playing for Melbourne. She was one of the best hit up, hit up leading forwards like in the competition. And she was so important to their structure. So yeah, like she's just slotted in beautifully for the cats. It's just yeah, I'm yeah, yeah I'm I'm all about the cats, love them. 
Uh, for me, it's cat. It's cats in Richmond. Like, mm. I just think similar story. Like, bit of bit of struggle. Struggled a little bit over the last few years, and so happy to see them just clicking and just playing some great footy and leaning into their strengths and like actually locking down some positions and playing some good footy. Um, yeah, it's so nice to see them up in the mix, you know. Mm-hmm. Top eight's looking a little different, I guess, um, than maybe other seasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we opened it up to questions again this week. Um, we've got a few that have been sent in. Um, one of our faves who's now living up in sunny Brisbane oh. at Matt Pultney. G'day, Matt. <laughs> we do miss you, Matt. Um, I do. Can I just tell you that Matt did message me this week and say he's feeling the pressure of being at the top of the tipping competition. So, oh yes, he is leading. Uh, yes, he's yeah. leading the This AFL Life tipping competition. So, so yes, I feel um, like everyone else needs to kind of give him a bit of <laughs> a bit of competition because yeah. we sure as shit aren't. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. it's lonely at the top, Matt. <laughs> um, so, very good question, actually. His question is, has the fixture inflated some teams' improvement? Mm, I think so, probably. (laughs) And, like, as much as we've been talking up the cats, it actually might be (laughs) (laughs) the cats. Yeah. I mean, you don't, like, fixturing is really tricky, um, particularly when you're bringing in new sides and, they obviously had to go off last season's ladder to try and sort of um, match up against the expansion teams. And I think that some of the lower performing teams last season got the good end of the stick there and they got to play maybe the expansion teams, which would be seen as, I guess, the weaker teams this season. Um, so perhaps it has inflated some of them, but I do think um, results against, I guess, what we call the, probably the top tier teams well, currently, like as it stands at the moment with the ladder, the only top eight teams that Geelong has beaten are the Bulldogs and Richmond. Um, so they lost to um, North and they lost to Collingwood. Yeah, that's fair. But they still won, you know, they're still winning. Which yeah, is... exactly. Yeah. And they're looking good doing it. And they have mm. Geelong and Richmond, like they have a pretty decent percentage. It's not. Um, you know, but yeah, it's a very valid point, but you know, it's really, I think perhaps some of these teams, maybe all they needed was a little, as was a bit of confidence with Mm. their game plan and their team's list and their structures and all of that and getting that confidence against some of the lower place teams, you know, maybe Mm. that's the, maybe that's the kind of catalyst for them to, having some bigger wins. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but I think it also, the other part of it is it's always going to be compromised with a 10-round season. Yeah, So, exactly. like, you know, you can only play who's in front of you. <laughs> mm. um, and kudos to the Cats for, you know. Taking advantage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally agree. So our next question from... B underscore win. Oh, hello, Kate. <laughs> Who do you think will win the premiership in brackets? Go Tigers. 
was <laughs> waiting for that. Um, uh, at this point, it's Brisbane's to lose. <laughs> Are you not I sticking with Fremantle? <laughs> no, I mean, I know I really was on the Fremantle wagon at the start, but I've jumped straight off and onto the Brisbane one. <laughs> I just cannot see them losing. They're so good. Oh, they're so um, good. It's absurd. They're just they're fit. They're they are connected. They've been together. They've been well coached. They're just so well rounded. Um, they're somehow not a team full of superstars. I don't know. Like they're just so even good even across the field. I just mm. think yeah. For me, it's Brisbane's to lose, but yeah, that doesn't mean there's another team that can't do it. Mm. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to watch the game closely on Friday night. I was at the pub, but they just they just kind of put Adelaide to the sword. Like, and it was like up there in very greasy conditions, and Adelaide yeah. just looked spent, and <laughs> and Brisbane just yeah just put them away. Like it was kind of scary. And they've also yeah. they've also just moved into a very fancy new uh, training facility as well, yeah, which is awesome. So, like, geez, <laughs> they're probably just going to get better. <laughs> yeah, but totally. Um, they run a bloody tight ship up there. That is such an impressive program. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. Like, they know how to play these conditions. I mean, obviously the Suns would be in a similar boat, but mm. playing when playing to your advantage when you have them because they're so different to Melbourne. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And, yeah, I guess the other usual favours like the Crows, you know, Randall, has this injury which looked pretty bad mm. um, Friday night, but turns out it might not be as bad as once thought. But you know, due to their lovely short seasons, it still may impact. Yeah, I mean, it'll impact the Crows regardless. No Randall in the team. Crows are good, but any team without Randall in it, it's you know, it's going to be impacted. Yeah, so. yeah. Even just for her versatility, like you can put yeah. her any position on the ground and she dominates. Totally. Yeah. Um, I look, my heart still says Melbourne because I just want yeah. I just want Daisy to lift the cup. Like yeah. I just like my heart definitely says Melbourne. Um, and they're playing great footy. Um, but Brisbane are gonna be really hard to beat. Yeah. And what about those sneaky pies sneaking in at third? Like, do we think they're up there or? Sneaky pies, yeah. Sneaky, sneaky bloody pies. Tell you what, this game against North is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, um, like, I might just have to go and watch it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was just checking out the fixture about when it is. Oh, Saturday afternoon. That sounds like Saturday afternoon sorted. That does. That Hopefully the Park. sun's out. I love a bit of a bev at uh, Vic Park. Yeah, we do love Vic Park. <laughs> um, let me just check the weather from the Bureau of Meteorology. Oh, not the bomb. <laughs> Don't you dare, Alison. You might send um, someone after you should you call it bomb. Mm, oh, showers and 19. Hmm, oh, we'll see. Stay home. That might be a pub job, Don. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Well, we've got two questions. This is from Chris AFLWOW. We haven't heard from you yet this season, Chris, so great to hear from you. Uh, He's got two questions. Mm -hmm. The first one, what change would you like to see happen to the AFLW first? Longer seasons 
national draft, improved facilities, etc. I think we talked about this a lot, but I think the longer season, I mean, I think the longer season and get everyone playing each other. Yeah, at <laughs> once. least once. Let's mm. start there. Mm-hmm. And then we go, and then we chip away at the next because I feel like obviously there's some issues with facilities that are coming out again this week. Mm. The draft is a tricky one, but I think that will get figured out. Like we just had to get the expansion teams in and then we like chip away at those kind of things. But for me, how do we, we've just gone through exactly why you never actually see the real barometer of a team until Mm. you're playing everyone once. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, totally. And that's all we're asking, not for 23 rounds, just play everyone once. Yeah. And for, you know, to be able to get to round five or six and to be warming into the season, not for the season to be half over. Yeah. And you also just get better by playing more footy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think I'm with you there. Definitely longer season than we look at the the other stuff. Um, but Chris's next question is, would you rather see AFLW played at the big venues or community ones? Mm, that is a good question. I like that there's a mix of both mm. because – how good is it when you go to one of the smaller grounds and you're literally sitting on the boundary yeah, and you can see it um, and you feel so close to the game? But the bigger venues, I mean, I don't know, are we talking bigger like Icon Park or bigger like Marvel Stadium, I guess? I kind of feel like bigger venues. So community venues I'm kind of viewing as suburban grounds yeah. and bigger venues as like Marvel and the G. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to watch some footy at Marvel in particular because that that the quality of football that can be played without mm. the uh, elements getting in the way is just so much better as we've seen this mm-hmm. season. But we need it's it's probably the atmosphere is not quite as um, in your face, I suppose, as some of the smaller grounds. I don't know. I would be interested to ask an AFLW player this question. Mm. I mean, as a as a spectator, I mean, from like my personal opinion, as a spectator, something that's very appealing about AFLW, um, it's very nostalgic for those of us who are old enough to remember what it was like to go and watch Carlton play at Princess Park and the Saints play at Moorabbin and, you know, like it's, and, I, I you know, I love to watch games at Vic Park. I, I love to be able to buy a can of beer like yeah. a grown adult. <laughs> not in a silly plastic cup. So there is that kind of community slash nostalgia that that kind of goes with AFLW, which from like a fan perspective, I really love. It's really family friendly. But in terms of the game and what's best for the athletes, I want them to play more games at the major stadiums. That means they have access to facilities. The coaches have access to technology. Um, It's better football. Like it's just it's better for the game and the athletes. So I yeah, like I right. I like I like the nostalgia and some I, I just I kind of feel like I wish there was like maybe fifty fifty. Yeah, a bit more of a fifty fifty rather than a ninety five five. Yes, ninety nine one. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we very like it was very comfortable to sit at Icon Park and watch 
those um, back-to-back games on Saturday. Yeah, it was great. I don't understand why you couldn't have three or four games at Marvel yeah. on a day or a weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally agree. No, you're right. Mm. Big, bigger stains, better conditions for the athletes. You you build that for them, then the game. It, the only only positives for the game. Yeah, because like as a as a community footballer, like. I totally have the expectation that I will never hear a coach's halftime address because we're all queuing for the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be happening at AFLW level. Like it's just not, that's just not acceptable. Yeah. Okay. And our last question for this evening wouldn't be question time on this AFL life without this particular person. Mm. It's Row 87 Oh, K-Row. Get on your cow. Um, took some great snaps you did. On the yeah. weekend, Kel. Yeah. Um, we saw Kel at the football who was um, – said she took her 90 minutes to get from the west to the to Arkham Park um, through those – around the floodwaters. So, yeah. you know, that's really true commitment from that a real is, AFLW. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is dedication. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. That is dedication, Kel. You get yeah. a smiley sticker from us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kel's question – Thoughts on the goal umpiring error admission? I mean, it, it did know. look like a goal at the time. <laughs> we were just like, what? Did it hit the post? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, but we just all just assumed that, you know, the umpire yeah. was in the best position because we were 150 metres away. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. We're sitting in the stand, the back of the stands. Oh, wow. We can't have a better view of what the yeah, but um, I, goal yeah. is in the goal umpire. Yeah. But I like I wouldn't have even thought twice about it if the AFL didn't make an announcement about it this week. So maybe they should have just not said anything. Fucked <laughs> that one away under the carpet somewhere. No, yeah. they've got to own up. You gotta own your shit. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, again, like at a ground has no infrastructure for video replay mm-hmm. or the arc or whatever they call it in AFLM. We love our umpires. I would never say anything ill of the umpires. And never, ever. Mistakes happen, you know. I think it's this bloody tough gig umpiring. Um, if you get nine out of ten decisions right, you're doing pretty well. Yes, yeah. oh, 100%. Unfortunately, that error was <laughs> one of those ones that could have yeah. might have the cost the game. between a win and a loss. But yeah. that's just footy as well. Mm. Can't play it without the umpires. Exactly. That is very true. And the second part of Kel's question, how many pride socks did you buy? Oh, I have to actually I have to actually confess I have not bought any yet. <laughs> yeah. I think we might need you to advise us, Kel, because I think you may have possibly got one from each team at this point. <laughs> well, actually, also funny you should say that and say it in that way because Kel did order some pride socks from Melbourne and when she opened them one said one had the rainbow flag and said Melbourne but the other one said Port Adelaide (laughs) (laughs) um so I kind of love it though like yeah I would um I would definitely I'd just be rocking it Kel like you know you love you love AFLW like I don't know that there's many more people that love AFLW as much as you, Kel. So wear them with pride. 
Wear them with pride, but you're right. I've not been onto the pride socks enough. I'm actually going to, when I get off this call, I'm going to cruise, cruise mm. the um, pride catalog and pick a couple of pairs. Yeah. I reckon. Well, I noticed that um, Melbourne actually have some pride socks that are like, they've got the black ones. Like, so I'm not oh, yeah. a, I'm not a white sock kind of person. So I, I think I might go the black ones. They look, they look pretty schmick. I saw the pair like the Bulldogs ones that Kel had. Those ones are pretty cool. But yes. Again, the color, you know, the color scheme. I'm pretty, I'm pretty fashionable. So I'm really going to make really big decisions <laughs> like this, you know. <laughs> um. Well, that's it for questions for this week. Um. Now I I know we've talked about the Collingwood North Melbourne game. I'm actually very interested. Uh, on Friday, um. Well. Friday late afternoons game. At 5.40. At 5.40. The Crows versus the Cats. So this is going to be Mm. a very interesting test for the Cats. No Chelsea Randall interstate for the Cats. Be very revealing, I think. That's my other other game of interest to have a look at. Yeah, and I just want to call out Swans v Freo. Saturday afternoon, will it be, will we, the Swans, get their first win? Let's Ooh, watch this space. Interesting. Yeah. So a yeah. couple of couple of goodies, good games to watch for different reasons this weekend. But, yeah, that, that Friday late afternoon game. <laughs> it's absurd. Could I think, be a ladder shaper. Yeah. I think I will like, literally just get home from work to, to watch it <laughs> on TV. <laughs> um, well, Caddy. Thank you so much. We've we've who who needs a third co-host? Like who we could fill a show. It was us all along, Alison. It was. <laughs> we were carrying the whole thing. We thought it was Hibba. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you, Hib. Miss you. Um, yeah, if you want to hit us up during the week, we're on social media at this AFL Life. We will see you next week. Bye. See you later. <laughs>